Welcome to Live Well with Southwell. Southwell is dedicated to helping you be equipped with the best tools and knowledge to make sure you and your family live a healthy life. Live Well with Southwell features interviews with experts across many areas of healthcare and wellness. We hope you enjoy listening and most importantly, living well. Hi everyone, I'm your host Liza Tillman and today we are talking with Lorenzo Gomez, a registered dietitian and educator for the TIF Regional Diabetes Learning Center. Lorenzo is here today to give us some information on diabetes awareness and what the role the Diabetes Learning Center plays in the care of diabetic patients. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lorenzo. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, yeah, we're so excited. So uh, we always like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So could you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your family, what your educational background is? Oh, yes. So um, I'm from uh, Omega, Georgia. I've been there most of my life. Most of my core classes at ABAC did two years there, got my associates, and then I uh, transferred to Georgia Southern and did my bachelor's there in, in nutrition and food science. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I uh, applied for the internship program that Georgia Southern offers for to become a registered dietitian. Okay. I completed that there, and then I'm here now. You know? Great. How long have you been at TIFF Regional? Uh, TIFF Regional, I've been there since uh, I started part-time in October 2016. Okay. Before that, I worked in Cordell for a little bit, and then I moved here full-time. Okay, great. So, well, we're excited to have you. I'm married. I have uh, two children, uh-huh. uh, two daughters. One is 13, and one is two. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Could you tell us a little bit about the Diabetes Learning Center itself? So where is that located? So the Diabetes Learning Center is located on 1602 Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we're located, if, if you're familiar with the Oncology Center, we're mm-hmm. near that, um, right down the road from that on the corner. Okay, great. So can you briefly give us an overview of all the services offered at the Diabetes Learning Center? What do you guys do there? So at the Diabetes Learning Center, we help uh, educate Patients mm-hmm. on diabetes, diet, sure. you know, medications, you know, checking their glucose levels. We also place uh, continuous glucose monitors, mm-hmm. help patients, uh, some of them with insulin pumps. And that's, you know, most of what we do. Usually, okay. So. Okay. So what does a registered dietitian do? And what do you do specifically in your role as a diabetes um, educator? There's different types of registered mm-hmm. registered dietitian. We can work in schools, you know, school nutrition. Uh, we can do food service. We can, you know, do inpatient in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Help people, you know, with malnutrition. Help them lose weight. Help talk to them about diets for specific disease states that they may have and issues with that. And then, like what I do, I just, I guess you would say, specialize in just diabetes care. So. Okay. So, what do you do for patients in the hospital? So in the hospital, I'm the inpatient educator, so I go and visit patients for consults that doctors send. It may be, you know, just to give them, to go over general diet and, mm-hmm. and medication information and, you know, if, you know, check on to see if they're taking their insulin like they're supposed mm-hmm. to, if they can afford their insulin, you know, if not, find an option for them, you know, to get uh, or maybe may even make recommendations for medication changes. And that's for the most part of it. That's yeah. what you do. So can you tell us kind of generally, what is diabetes and why is it so dangerous to leave untreated? I think we, everybody knows about the term diabetes, but do they really understand what it means and how it affects the body? The simplest way I usually tell them, just, just the easiest way to explain it is uh, it's basically your, your body uses sugar for energy. All your cells use it. Mm-hmm. The insulin opens up the cell to help let that sugar into the cell. Okay, yeah. And 
when that we don't have enough insulin or if it's not working like it should mm-hmm. for resistant sugar doesn't get used mm-hmm. like it should so um okay. it, it basically stays in the bloodstream and then if we check our glucose levels that's why we have a high glucose level because we're not utilizing that that glucose or sugar if you want to use the term correctly or efficiently okay why is it so dangerous to leave this untreated so it's very dangerous because most people don't have any symptoms, you know, of, okay. of high elevated blood glucoses. Mm-hmm. So over time, it does damage slowly, you know, it can damage eyes, kidneys, uh, do nerve damage, um, also put you at more risk for heart disease. But like I said, most people, the, the, the bad thing is you're not really symptomatic unless you know your glucose levels are very high. But other than that, for the most part, most people don't know. They can go years without even knowing. I, th- I think there's a very high percentage of people that don't know that they have it. Yeah. So is that something that if you have a um, you know a yearly exam with your doctor, they check your blood sugar levels, is that something that would come up then? Would they see that? Or is it something that's... Yes, but I, I feel at the same time, it can be missed. Okay. Because you may have a slightly fasting elevated glucose level because usually when you get uh, you know routine labs done or something it's usually fasting right but maybe you know some people are uh, you know glucose intolerant so maybe when they eat that's when their blood sugars go higher you know okay um, so we're missing that picture but usually a, a hemoglobin a1c would give us a better picture of okay so it's um, not just the blood sugar yeah, not just that that fasting blood sugar and a1c okay. also would help but an a1c is not always accurate either you know okay have other <laughs> diseases that may interfere with that reading but uh, okay but it is very, a very good indicator yes so how do you get diagnosed with diabetes then so there's a few different ways one of the ways is by the a1c okay. um, once it's above 6.5 uh, mm-hmm. you're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes okay you can also do a uh, fasting blood glucose i believe if it's over 125 and any okay random glucose check, I believe that's over 200. I'll have to look that up. So let's just briefly talk about the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Type 2, two is the one that I think everybody's familiar with. Okay. Do you typically work with type 1 diabetics at the Diabetes Learning Center, or do they require kind of a different level of care? Okay. So type 1 diabetics, this occurs when the body no longer produces insulin anymore. So they require insulin for the rest of their lives. Okay. Um, type 2 diabetics, most of the time they still produce some insulin. Now, later on in life, um, they may require insulin for the rest of their lives, but initially, you know, they, they're still producing insulin, mm-hmm. and um, they usually can be treated with oral medications and things. We do get some type 1 diabetics n- not very, uh, well, I wouldn't say not very often, but we see a lot more type 2s. Okay. Usually type 1s do have an endocrinologist that they follow. That's right. Uh, but we do see some type 1s, yes. Okay. So let's talk about today. We'll, we'll really focus on type 2 diabetes. So what are the risk factors for developing type 2 diabetes? So type 2 diabetes, uh, the main one would be overweight, mm-hmm. obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the the biggest issue. Another thing is uh, your physical activity. If okay. you're you know sedentary, you don't do much exercise, things like that, and and that which that is going to lead to obesity too. But we're not using that glucose for energy um, if we're not as active. Okay. Um, and also another thing would be age. So as we get older, a lot of times, like I said, we don't produce enough insulin, or we may be resistant to the insulin. Another thing would be genetics. You know, okay. a lot of us are predisposed already because of, you know, our, our genetics, what we inherit from our parents. Okay. 
So what can we do to prevent diabetes? If those are the risk factors, what do we have to do to prevent that? So change our diets. We, nobody things. wants to hear that, Lorenzo. I know that's, that's, that's the biggest thing there, you know. And I tell everybody, you know, you're going to have to, you know, make these changes and you don't... And I understand nobody, it's hard for some people to do, you know, It cold is, cold but turkey. it's possible. It's possible. It's very possible. But as long as you, you start to make some changes. That's you know, right. Yeah. Avoid the, the soda, you know. Mm-hmm. Avoid the sweet tea, you know. Yep. Use sugar-free options or, mm-hmm. you know, drink water, you know, is always the best thing. But, you know, there, there are those things. And then the next biggest thing, which I think this is another reason why we, we have such a problem with obesity also, is uh, exercise. Yeah. Most people. People don't exercise much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the jobs now, they're not manual labor. So That's right. most of them were just sedentary and we're not we're not doing a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and usually when we get off work, we're tired. We don't want to do anything else. And, that's right. And that's yeah. it. And then, you know, we have TV and all this other electronic stuff that makes it easy for us to just sit down and do nothing. Yeah. So what would you tell somebody who maybe knows that they might be predisposed to diabetes, their family members had it, and... They just don't really feel like exercising. They don't really feel like changing their diet. What What would you say to them to really encourage them to kind of change that mindset? If they came to you and, and said, I want to, I want to do better. What do, what do I need to do? So I tell them, you, you've already told me what you need to do. You said you, yeah. you don't want to exercise, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's what you got to do. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you got to get out there and run five miles or whatever. That's right. If you can go out and walk for 30 minutes a day, do mm-hmm. something every day active. Mm-hmm. After you get off work, even if your job is, is uh, you know, manual labor, or if you walk a lot, you know, still you need to do something after work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on the weekends, you know, do 30 on minutes of walking. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, doing walking and then, you know, don't do the same thing every time. Go a little bit further each mm-hmm. time that you go out or every week if you want to add a little more distance, you know, mm-hmm. just as long as you keep increasing that. And then watch your diet. Um Try not to go eat at the fast food restaurants. Right. Most of those foods are very calorie dense. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, trying to cook more at home, trying to avoid a lot of the processed things. Yeah. Uh, processed things have a lot of calories, a lot of extra sugar, fats, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's going to make you gain weight very easily. Uh, but, you know, like I said, most people grow up on eating f- easy cooked foods. The, the good stuff, right? A lot of times yeah. I understand people don't have time to sure. make those, you know, mm-hmm. foods at home, but, uh, you know, meal prepping, things like that, mm-hmm. meal planning ahead of time that could help, you know, with that also. I would say right now though, we have so many resources at our disposal just with the internet. I mean, there's so many people who, who struggle with diabetes and want to prevent it and just follow a healthy lifestyle. And, and that it's all there for you. You just yes. got to kind of decide, right. That, yes. that this is something that you're going to change and you don't want to be maybe like your parents or your grandparents and, right. and get diabetes and go through all the things that the diabetics have to go through. Yes. And so hopefully that would be motivating enough, but I know sometimes it's not. So let's go into, let's say a patient has been diagnosed with diabetes and they have no idea where to start. They've gone to the doctor. The doctor says, sorry, you have type two diabetes. Then what happens? What, where do they go from there? So usually from there, they may get put on a medication by their doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll probably be told that they need to be checking their glucose levels um, mm-hmm. frequently, just depending on you know what type of medication they're on. If the doctor knows that we're available, yes. they usually will send us a consult and, and okay. we, we'll help them go through the whole process. We'll talk to them about what diabetes is, what they can do to change that. 
You know, when do they need to check glucose levels? What is it supposed to be? What are their goals? You know, um, talk about signs and symptoms of high and low blood sugars. Mm-hmm. We talk about diet. Um, we talk about complications. We talk about prevention of things like foot wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we try to go over everything with them. And then also, you know, when they go to the doctor's office, yes, they get put on a medication, but a lot of times they may have side effects with it. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of times they don't tell their doctor that. They yeah. kind of, you know, just push it off. And they may even stop taking the medication because of that. Which but, is bad. Yes. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll open up to us because we, we yeah. spend more time with them. We usually yeah. you know, spend an hour at least oh, with, wow. with the patients. So, you know, at the doctor's office... The, the doctors don't have a lot of time. They usually, you know, have a lot of patients, so they have yeah. to kind of go through yeah. quick, so they don't have time. That's why they usually send us send them to us so that we can, you know, go over all that information with them. Okay. Um, and then, like I said, they can open up to us a little bit more, let us know, you know, kind of more what's going on. And then we can also make recommendations to the doctor, okay, hey, this medication is giving them this side effect or, you know, something. So you, you know, guys work is. with the doctors yes. and say they, they're experiencing this and, and you guys can kind of be their voice and, and yes. help speak for them. How often does a patient come to see you guys at the Diabetes Learning Center? Is it just kind of a one-time thing or do they set up several appointments or do they, do you guys check in with them after that initial appointment? So it just depends. Usually they may just come once. Okay. 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 Um, but a lot of times these, the ones that we do see, We've seen them before, you know, it may yeah. be a few years later, you know, sometimes they, they kind of get off the diet or their medicine or, you know, whatever's going on. And we try to help them get back on track with that. Okay. Um, but there are some that we do follow regularly that uh, may be, you know, a little more complicated mm-hmm. with, with controlling their blood sugar. So we try to follow them and, you know, help them provide, you know, tips and guides of what they, sh- you know, could help them get that blood glucose under control. Um, okay. So what would you say the biggest struggle is for a diabetic patient? Making the change. Yeah. Most, most know what, it, not yep. exactly what they need to do, but they know what should be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just compliance. 90% of the ones I talk to, they say, I know what I'm supposed to do, but <laughs> it's just hard to do it. And it is yeah. hard to do it because if everyone around you is doing whatever they want to, they're, you know, yeah. not exercising, mm-hmm. they're, you know, eating all this good food, you mm-hmm. know, restaurant food and stuff. It's hard for them to, to be compliant, you know, yeah. with what they need. Well, what kind of tools do you give them when they're really struggling like that? What What do you, you know, kind of give them options? I've, I know I've seen Wanda, um, the director of the Diabetes Learning Center, um, give some uh, just general education in front of some small groups of people, just kind of showing them what a portion of food looks like, right? Like yes. what an appropriate portion looks like, and yes. it's not what we think it is. <laughs> so right. what, what kind of things do you guys do if they're just saying... Let's just say someone says, you know, again, I, I want to fix this and I know how, but I, I don't really know what to put into practice exactly. Like what do I need to, is it okay to eat the white rice or do I need to have brown rice or should I not have rice at all? So wh- yes. what kind of things do you guys teach them? So a lot of times when they come to us, they do get that misconception. They say, you know, we can't eat anything white. That's the, yep. the one thing can't that we eat anything, anything yeah. white, like white <laughs> potatoes, white rice, you know, things like that mm-hmm. and grits. Um, but yes, I, I tell them, no, you can have some of these things. The, th- the thing is the portion size. Right. So we, yes, we do teach portion sizes and we try to tell them also not to include multiple foods that's going to elevate their blood glucose. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to try to use uh, more of the non-starchy vegetables. So yes, you can have some of that rice on your plate, but maybe choose the brown rice, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't choose the brown rice, if you do choose the white rice, just like I said, 
we got to keep that portion size small, but let's accompany the rest of the plate with other things that's not going to raise our glucose levels. Mm-hmm. So do you find that people have found success with that once they've kind of come to see you and they feel a little bit more armed with, uh, with information? The ones that want to learn and want to make a change, yes. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. We do. We do see, um, you know, when we follow up with them, we do see lower A1C levels. Yeah. Um, but that, that's not the case with everyone, you know. That's like right. I said, it just depends how determined they are to, to make that change. But mm-hmm. uh, anybody that wants to make a change, yes, we, we can we can get it under control. Yeah. It, it just depends if, if you want to make that change. For sure. So have you seen any of your patients who have been able to kind of reverse this by losing weight and maybe they don't have to be on their medication anymore? How often does that happen? That I've seen... Maybe a few, but okay. there there's potential for a lot that that could. Like I said, it's just yeah. all that compliance. But yeah. there there have been a few that yes, they they can come off their. So it is reversible, in some cases, some not cases, in all cases, yes, right? Yes, yeah, but cases. if if it's really just related to your weight, right? Like weight and, and you're diet taking that and off, like that, yes, yeah, yeah. But like and you said, there's genetics involved, yes. so you may just have yes. that, and, and it's not, and it's okay if you can't reverse it, obviously. That's right. That's but right. you just have to keep up with that compliance. Yes. So. That's right. So you kind of mentioned earlier about people who've been diagnosed, maybe newly diagnosed with diabetes, and they're really struggling because everybody around them is eating the way that they used to eat and they're doing all the things that they used to do. What role does the family or a caregiver play in kind of setting up a diabetic patient for success? So I've had this issue many times. Um, People, you know, like I said, they'll come to the office and they say, I've been trying to make these changes, but... I have to cook for myself, basically, and I have a family there. Yeah. So, it, one, it, it's more expensive for me to cook my own food. Yeah. And two, you know, I see that food and I want to eat that food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I always tell them, I say, you know, try to get the whole family and say, mm-hmm. okay, let's talk about this. And y'all try to help, you know, the patient help me um, make this change because, yes, it is difficult to make it alone. Mm-hmm. Um so if you have that family support, if your family supports you and they, they make the changes with you, one, it's good for the whole family. You That's know? right. And then yeah. two, you're, you're, you're helping your loved one um, if you make that change. So okay. it is very important that the family also, you know, helps, helps the patient with it. Do caregivers sometimes come to these appointments with the patients to, um, to kind of learn a little bit more about what they need to be doing? Is that, is, are they invited to come to those appointments? Yes, that is definitely okay. encouraged. Okay. Um, because a lot of times the patient, the actual patient that comes, they may not cook, you know. That's right, um, yeah. So it may be the, the, the spouse or someone else, the, the daughter or whoever cooks. So it, if I talk to them about it, you know, I'm telling them, but they're not the ones making the food. So it's, it, yes, it's, an, it's, it's encouraged that if someone else is there that's involved with the care, they they definitely need to come so we can kind of help guide them also. Okay. So it sounds like you guys are just really armed with lots of really good information. This is, this is what you do every day. You, you, you help diabetic patients. And so if somebody's diagnosed with diabetes and their, their doctor doesn't know about you guys and um, you can, anybody could call, do you have to have a referral from a physician for this? I mean, if they want to just give a phone call, yeah. yes, we can talk with them. Um, but to be seen as actual patient, yes, we need a referral from the okay. primary But you care. would help help out with that if they, oh, yes. if they if needed they to needed, do that. If they yeah. didn't know what to do, yeah, we could contact the, the, okay. the primary care provider and, and ask them for that. Yes. Okay. Thanks again so much for joining us today, Lorenzo. If you would like more information about the Diabetes Learning Center, you can visit mysouthwall.com or call 229-353-6753. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live Well with Southwell. 
If you have a question for a healthcare expert or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to info at myselfwell.com. Until next time, live well.